And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. This is why always us. It's your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm David Mooney. Sam Lee's with me. Hi, Sam. Hello. And we've got Paul Bias as well. Hi, Paul. Hello. How are you? Not too bad, thanks. Samuel? Yeah, yeah, all good. Um, I'm looking forward to doing this because I, I did Sky Sports News this morning for 15 you, minutes. A, pa- you're pumped. a paper talk. You're really thing. pumped, are you? Well, yeah. But, well, I suppose I'm kind of in the zone. But so I was like, okay, so it's a paper talk thing. So I was like, yeah, it's going to be Gabriel Jesus, isn't it? And they sent through the running order at 6 a.m. So I looked at it a bit later when I woke up. And it was like, okay, Ronaldo, Man United, yeah, okay, Gabriel Jesus. And then the other two items were about cricket, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was reading this at about quarter to seven this morning, and suddenly I was like, I need to, I need to, like, it was like a comprehension exercise at school. You know, when you get, like, a text, and you read it, and then you got to, and then you got to basically rewrite it in your own words? It was basically, <laughs> it was basically that. Like, I like cricket, but I don't know, I didn't, certainly didn't know enough to be talking about the subjects I was asked about yeah. on national television, but we got I, through. I so, yeah, talking about City is easy street. It was fine, yeah, it was all right, because... You read the article they're talking about, make a couple of notes so they're fresh in your head, and then you know, just add a bit of, I don't know, television experience, and it'll go well in the end. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be chopping it up to use on Sky Sports Cricket, but it'd be quite amusing if they did. <laughs> Paul, are you a big cricket fan? or? Yeah, that was something that I want to bring up to the table, because I don't know how you, the English guys, love cricket so much. <laughs> I just don't get it. I just It doesn't fit into my head. Well, what are you talking about, mate? You're you're coming, aren't you? You're coming to the yeah, what's yeah, it called? Yeah, well, the you're co- you're coming to the hundred on the the start of the Premier League season. While Arsenal are playing Palace, we'll be watching. Well, watching I'm basically coming under the promise that it's a quite a good party to go. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I'm going. But it's fu- it's yeah, funny because you were like, I haven't even heard of these teams, but I think those yeah, yeah. teams only existed from last summer. Like it's it's oh. literally a completely new thing. I think that I don't even know like any players something like that. Or just or just any role. But yeah, I'm just going there for the fun. Yeah, if the ball comes towards you, catch it. Yeah, go. good. <laughs> well, count so you put your point down quickly yeah. and catch it, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you want to read actual football stuff and not hear us babbling about cricket, yeah. then you can read everything on yeah. City on The Athletic right now for £1 a month for six months. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash pod to sign up. You'll get these podcasts as well without the ads, so it's well worth the money. Go to theathletic.com forward slash pod to sign up now. Um going to talk transfers today because uh, I mean why wouldn't we um, yeah. Sam let's start with um, I, I was going to start with the incomings but since you mentioned him already let's talk about uh, Gabriel Jesus um, because this this one to me seems like uh, genuinely I've, I've always said for, for a long time City have been pretty bad at selling players and that they don't get the value that, that I think the player is worth a lot of the time um, and a lot of the other times, it's it's largely because they've they've kind of kept older players until they're you know at the end of, at the end of their careers. So this one to me feels like a good deal all round. It's one of the first times I remember City selling for a good value. If you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I think so. I think it's one of those like I say, good deal all round because it's weird because I think it's cheap cheapest for Arsenal or a good deal for Arsenal. But also, I think forty five million 
And I know like add-ons have been reported. I know that seems to be the latest Twitter thing, trying to find out if there's 10 million in add-ons, but I don't think so as far as we're concerned. But, you know, we'll try and find out. But in terms of the 45 million in and of itself, I reckon that's about as much as City would have ever got for him if they were, if they were ever going to sell him. Because I know that a few years ago, it was always the case that they really like him. But, you know, if if somebody came along with a big offer and they could go and get Harry Kane or Jao Felix or I, I can't even remember the targets over the years, then they would have done it. And this goes back like three years. But the figure I always remember having in my head for then was like 90 million. And he's a player like Sterling who, if he's playing really well, then City don't want to sell him anyway. But if he's not playing really well, then clubs around Europe look and go, well, what am I getting here? So I don't think they were ever going to get 90. I mean, I'm not sure they'd have even got 60. So I kind of feel like 45 million is about right, even if he had like two years left on his deal. I feel like that's as much as they would have got. And to get that when he's only got a year left, um, when like, I don't know, maybe the, the circumstances are different because Mane's older. I suppose that's it. But Sadio Mane going for, is it like 27 million when he's got a year left on his deal? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think to get 45 for Jesus is is really good business uh, but yeah for, for also for Arsenal I said this on, on Sky this morning and, and this has been clipped up and put on Twitter so maybe I'm going to get Arsenal fans complaining to me although I've not seen it so far but I was like look don't expect him to be an amazing clinical goal scorer but I do think he's a really good signing um, and basically I think that's that's how it goes for them and as for City you know Paul can talk about his, his kind of legacy as much as anybody or David you can I think everyone kind of got the same opinion on Jesus really yeah, I was going to ask Paul, what do you think his legacy is? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I think that probably when when he arrived here at City, probably a lot of people expected him to be like the uh, the guy who extended uh, Aguero's number nine role, the guy that was supposed to take over this. Um, but I think he was never that. He was never that. Um, but he will come down um, as probably one of the best grafters that I think Peps has had since he put a foot in Manchester, which is not a uh, like small thing to say. Um, I think that if you speak to any player, to any executive, to any person involved to the first team unit, um, everyone is just going to praise Gabriel Jesus just because of his attitude on and off the pitch, um, how he behaved when he doesn't play. Um, then when he played, I mean, he had some big, big games against Liverpool, against Real Madrid. I can't remember the Santiago Bernabeu. And then at the end, he had two seasons ago or three seasons ago. Um, so I think that Gabriel Jesus had really, really big, big moments in in Manchester City. But it came down into a moment that it makes sense, as we discussed like in earlier podcast, from all the sides just to um, take another path, take another step. And I think it... It was quite an interesting point, the one you raised about the price tag, because it explains a bit where City is right now in terms of... Um, I think that there is a brand with players that have played at Man City that just increased the value. Just look at not just Gabriel Jesus, but Gavin Bazunu that hasn't even played for Man City. Um, and the club has been able to sell him for 15 or 13 million, I think. Uh, that Darko Giavi, who is going to lead on the Calvin Phillips deal, is a player that probably would have never played under Pep Guardiola. You never know, but he hasn't even played the first in game and he's leaving for five million. So it's it's kind of City now is at this stage that um, they can put value to the players just for having them under their ranks, and that's a positive thing in terms of sellings. 
And I think that Jesus proves that uh, being like on the last year of contract and getting a good value deal, in, in my opinion. Just if you ask like anyone in in Spain, um, which is the fair price for a, for a player that is one year away of his contract uh, ending. I mean, no one would believe that any club can get like 50 million euros like like City got now with Gabriel Jesus. So I think it's a pretty good deal. Just to give you an idea, Paul, of what I was thinking uh, back in, uh, it was back in 2017. So it was, it, it, Jesus had been there, what, about a year? But, well, less than a year by that stage. He, he joined in the, uh, he, he actually arrived in the January, didn't he, the, uh, of, of the season before. Um, Aguero was, uh, he broke the he broke the goal scoring record against Napoli on the 17th of yeah. October. Um, on the 14th of October, City played uh, Stoke at the Etihad and he beat them 7-2. Jesus scored twice. And I tweeted uh, during that game, can't wait until Gabriel, Gabriel Jesus breaks Sergio Aguero's goal-scoring record. <laughs> um, which is possibly one of one of many hot takes that I've had that have never come to pass. But like you could see at the time that, that that's where things were headed. And, you know, it's it's not headed that way, as it, Sam. But uh, he's been, uh, no. he, he has been good yeah. value for City down the years. Yeah, definitely. Like like Paul says, everyone speaks really highly of him, and like as I'm sure, if if City had the choice, they would have got him to stay another year. And to be honest, we're talking about their options on the right hand side. Um, obviously, it's a good thing for Cole Palmer to come through. Like you can't keep saying you want young players to come through and then wish there was two senior players in the position. So it's a good thing for Palmer to come through, especially if it's on that right side. But you'd probably look at it and go next season, go it'd be good to have Jesus around. I don't think any City fan would be desperate to get him out, and I think Guardiola would love to have him around next season well, look, as well. But look at look look at what Paul was saying a minute ago. The games he's played in, like he's played against Liverpool, he's played against Real Madrid. Those those big yeah, games, yeah. Guardiola's turned to Jesus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like to to have to be able to have that guy around, and that's the thing. That's why everyone loves him. I think because I think I've said this after he started in that Liverpool game in the Premier League, having not started a Premier League game since the end of December. Was it that? Brentford game on the 29th yeah. so it's like th- over three months of not starting a Premier League game I was only the only player in the City squad who could do that is him I think uh, be, just in the sense that he's not going to complain about it he's always going to give his best and that's why that's my point about it'll be ideal to have him around because he's a great guy to have around and he's not going to get pissed off even though he wants to play and when he does play he gives 100% and all of this kind of thing and so it would be great to have him as an option on the right wing next year but um, yeah it didn't it didn't pan out that way and I suppose if a player if a player leaves and you're talking about what a, a good person they were and good attitude and stuff, you like you you know that something's lacking in terms of the actual contribution yeah. on the pitch. Um, and it's probably because, like you say, when he first came, he was scoring goals left, right, and centre. I remember even scored a goal on his debut. Was it there was offside? But you yeah. think yeah, he's yeah. making all those right movements. Yes, Swansea, yeah. yeah. And it was it kind of was it in the same position as the Aguero debut goal would have been? You know, Aguero. Oof, Not the one from outside the box, but Aguero's one was at the back post, wasn't it, against Swansea? And that was Swansea as well. So it was kind of, okay, this guy is is magic. And you've also got the the young teenager coming from Brazil. It, it was yeah. almost like a fairy tale kind of thing. Um, you know, very, very difficult to, to live was, up to that. There was a couple of that, hints in that in that season, though, that uh, his his relationship with the offside law might be a bit sketchy. Yeah. I, think, I, I think the... Uh, I think also that season, I think he scored a late winner against Spurs that was ruled out and a late winner against yeah. United that was ruled out. <laughs> I don't remember those ones, but yeah. yeah I um, suppose he scored, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah the, off, the offside thing didn't didn't help him, did it? And look, let, let's be honest, uh, um, Jim from Man City Tactics was saying, he, he replied to my tweet on Friday night saying, his run at the end of the season 
put 15 million on his price tag. And I certainly feel like those four goals against Watford, and obviously, you know, playing against Madrid and, and, and playing against Liverpool and scoring against Liverpool, I think they help. But I think those four goals really changed the narrative on Jesus because he could be frustrating, couldn't he? We're talking about the offsides and the finishing and and not being consistent. And so when, on the Friday afternoon, when it came out that Arsenal were interested, I think a lot of people were a bit kind of nonplussed by it or a bit like, oh, okay, well, yeah, we'll see. And then he scored four against Watford the very next day. And then I think everyone's like, oh, we love Gabby. He's so good. Like, we need to keep him. Like, we should sell. Like, I saw loads of people, and maybe this is just the kind of the more football Twittery accounts that are like, we should be selling Sterling instead. Yeah, keep the, the immediate post-match reaction sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, there was lo- there was loads of that. And I, but I do think his form at the end of the season did did mean that the, the kind of the summing up of his City career has been a bit kinder because if he didn't have had that, I do think there'd have been a bit more well, it wasn't good enough, you know, just because people were speaking through the frustration that they yeah. could feel when, yeah. when watching him play. But I'd, like like I say, it had been great to keep around at City for another year in a perfect world. And I think he's a really good signing for Arsenal. Yeah, Paul, I mean, obviously, he'd, he'd moved wide for, for last season. And I, I think it speaks volumes as well that without a recognised centre-forward, he hadn't been able to to kind of make that position his own. Um, with Alvarez and Haaland coming in as well, it doesn't feel like it would be a huge loss. Is that unfair on him? It's kind of unfair because I think that both players, Haaland and Julian Alvarez, that are coming in, they are not like Gabriel Jesus. I don't see them as of now. Of course, Haaland is not. But Julian Alvarez... I think that he's a player that likes more to roam to roam through the middle, and he likes like to drop into the lines. I think that Gabriel Jesus, well, he wanted to play on the wing. He felt comfortable at, on the last season just to um, start from wide positions. Um, so I think that we uh, or City are getting like different kind of players, um, and probably just Gabriel Jesus' legacy. Probably it's going to be like just time is going to give more more credit to him in that regard because I think that it's not easy to find players with that, with that kind of discipline or, or just work ethic plus like in the front line where like nowadays it's so important to press in a certain way and just to follow the instructions just to avoid like the build-up on the back. Um, so yeah, let's see, let's see how it pans out. Um, I think just as Sam was saying that in a perfect world, just there, there is no manager... It, in the world that wouldn't like to have a striker like Gabriel Jesus, who is so like diligent, he just follows the instructions and has quality on his feet. Um, boy, I think that city is kind of well covered with Halen and Julian Alvarez, to be honest. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. 
Let's talk about incoming, Sam, because um, it seems like City are operating like a nightclub and it's one out, one in, because uh, Jesus out for around about 45 million, Calvin Phillips in for around about 45 million. Um, this one, though, seems like an absolute steal. Yeah, um, I just just because of, well, look, we, t- we kind of had this conversation on, on Five Live yesterday, didn't we? And I think I was asked, how, how have City managed to get it so cheaply? Um, the one thing I didn't mention in all the stuff about him, you know, being an England international and the city tax and, and yeah, which means that obviously whenever city want to sign a player, the club go, okay, well, you know, you, 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 we put this much on and, and that's why city in recent years have basically why they've looked at so many buyout clause options because clubs, you know, think they can put the prices up or put the prices up at the last minute or whatever and see have, they've had to lay down a marker in the market in recent years and say, well, we're not going to pay that just so, Clubs don't think, oh well, what it's City, they'll pay anything. Um, I suppose 100 million last year kind of undid that slightly. Um, but with Phillips, the thing I didn't mention is, I think there was a there was going to be a buyout clause in his contract if Leeds had got relegated. Now I don't think there's, you know, looking at it from the outside, the fact that Leeds didn't get relegated and they were looking at selling him for a certain amount, which was probably about a bit more than half of what they did sell for him. You'd think Leeds would say, okay, well it's back on the open market now. So yeah. we want 60, we want 70. But um, I'm guessing, and Paul, you might be able to add more and hopefully by the time we write about the deal, um, we'll be able to we'll be able to say more. But I mean, Leeds seem to have been happy to get an extra 20 million on top of the buyout clause and, and call it quits. I'm not, I'm not sure why they've, um, why if, they've agreed to a fee that Leeds fans certainly don't seem happy with. It felt to me like City had come in with like one of their first offers, expecting it to be negotiated up, and Leeds had gone, "Yeah, all right." And it's kind of like stunned yeah. everybody. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. It was, I don't know why. It was kind of what what Sam was saying. I mean, there, for what I heard and what I understand, there was a release clause in case Leeds was going down. It was close to twenty four million, twenty five million around that. So that was pretty cheap, and I think that this fact made like. The possibility of Phillips leaving Leeds looming around his head quite a lot, um, and he has wanted to go to City. Um, he he has been attracted. I mean, he was attracted in the past by some quote that he said in the past by Pep Guardiola style, but by Man City style. And I think that he made his mind up quite quickly in the final months of the competitions, seeing like, well, if we could, would go down, um, City would be a good possibility for me. Um, his camp felt that City was go- um, b- would be open to welcome him. Um, so since that possibility started being like a real thing, I think that Phillips kind of had like his mindset up. Um, and that was a big part of the deal. That was a big part. Then Leeds, knowing that um, they avoided this kind of release clause, um, and that Phillips wanted to leave, and probably he w- wasn't going to extend like his contract or just sign a new deal. Um, probably just doubling what the release clause was, potentially, was a good deal for them. Um, and they accepted it. Um, City is getting a really good player, which is English. That for City, that is good in terms of like the home ground players that they need to have. Um, so it's a pretty good deal for City. And I guess that for Leeds, knowing that um, this was his player's wish and they didn't want, I guess, to end bat with such a Leeds player, such a uh, born player in the city and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think yeah, that's, that's how the thing just panned out at the end. 
Yeah, all for uh, all for less than an entire weekend of tickets to Glastonbury as well. Fifty-seven point nine million, that was, <laughs> I believe. Um, what role will he have at, at City, Sam? Because uh, rival yeah. fans are, are suggesting uh, bench warmer as backup to Rodri, and I think that is. Um, I, well, I, I I like Phillips, and I I think that's underselling him a bit. Well, yeah, um, but I think it's I think it's understandable why people think that. Uh, I think some City fans might think that as well. Um, I mean, there's two things that make me um, that make me think that yeah, Benchmore will, might be the kind of narrative for the next season. And one is, and it's maybe it's because of it was probably a mix of journalism stuff and the actual football. But I've done a lot of articles when players come to City, and I've seen a lot of articles actually and edited them from other clubs years back. When, when players sign for other teams. And it's, oh yeah, well this this player signing for this club and this club are really good and this player's really good. And here's the coach that he worked with or here's the coaches that he's worked with here and there. And this is the coach that brought him through and this is the people that know him personally. And they all say, he's a great guy, he wants to learn, he's a great player, he's going to, in this case, Man City with great players, great manager. It's a perfect mix and he's going to be amazing. Now, I did that last summer with a few people who'd worked with Jack Grealish done it before with Cancelo, which to be fair, there were some people who'd seen Cancelo and were like, it might go the other way. It, it might not work out so well. And it and it was it was close to not working out so well, but obviously in the end it has gone brilliantly. But so on that hand on that hand, I've got the experience of I'm writing these articles all the time saying these guys are going to be great. And on the other hand, you've got every time Cancelo, Grealish, basically, you know, everyone we've talked about, taking a year to settle in. So I was writing this article with quotes from Neil Redfern, which Oliver Kay did the interview with him. And Neil Redfern worked with Phillips in the in the Leeds Youth Academy, and he gave him his senior debut when Redfern was Leeds manager like eight years ago. And there's loads of quotes. Yeah, he's gonna he's, he's this, that's in this, 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 and this, and he he can do this, this, and this, and it's really exciting. But I just know from kind of bitter experience that he's probably not going to show his best form in the first season. Maybe he does, but we know how it is with with Guardiola players coming in the city it takes a while to adapt so there's that and the the second thing is I remember when Nathan Ake signed and I was thinking because everyone was like he's playing, they're playing 40 million from to sit on the bench and blah 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 and look for, fourth choice centre back is different to kind of to what Phillips will be yeah. second choice holding midfielder or just you know rotation option with, with the others but I remember thinking with Ake yeah well it's a pandemic season there'll be loads of injuries there'll be obviously COVID problems, he'll get plenty of opportunities. Um, but he hasn't really. And like I said on last week's podcast, it took him a year to settle in, which was kind of low-key because he didn't play that much anyway. Um, and then I looked at the fact that, you know, City tell their players when they come in, I don't know if they would have done it with Haaland, but I know they've done it in the past with top players coming in. Look, don't expect to be playing like 60 games this season because of the competition and because of how Guardiola uses the squad. But I'm thinking in Phillips's case, probably 30. If you get more than 30, you'd be happy. Because Zinchenko, Ake and Fernandinho became very much the kind of backup options last season. Like, very capable players in the case of Ake and Zinchenko and obviously Fernandinho had stood a bit in terms of age-wise and mobility. But it became very easy for Guardiola just to forget those players who played much more the year before in terms of Zinchenko and Fernandinho. And they were just like, okay, well, I'm going to go with the players we've got, which is Cancelo plays all the time and Rodri plays all the time. And so I think the challenge for Phillips will be to get more than 30 appearances. But 
I do think it's one that he can do because, like we say, being another midfielder is not the same as being one of four centre-backs. Um, and I, I also think that Phillips coming in, it's not quite the same as Fernandinho, it's not quite the same as Ake, and it's not quite the same as Dinchenko because it's obvious that Guardiola is now, or City are now, looking for players who can maybe contribute more. Because I think if you look at the people who played most for last season, in terms of outfielders, it was Rodri and Cancelo. And maybe that was, I guess that was, I don't know if that's 50%, 60%, 70% because they were so good and they were so good. But maybe also Guardiola thought there's a bit of a drop here, which I don't necessarily agree with. I think Vincent Jinko comes in is good. But maybe Guardiola was thinking there's a bit of a drop here if I if I don't play these guys and I don't want that drop. So all of a sudden now if you've got Phillips and you've got Kukurea, who should be, you know, new guys coming in doing well, then you've got more flexibility there. But, you know, that said, Rodri is brilliant. You know, I, I give yeah. him player of the season for me so it is going to be difficult to dislodge him and then uh, like Phillips does give you loads of options I don't well, talk for about 10 minutes here I, w- I was <laughs> going to say Paul it, like in terms of uh, options it's it, yeah. it's not necessarily to replace Rodri is it he could play alongside Rodri as well I mean as much as we said last season you know if Rodri gets injured or he needs to be out of the team for a long spell then City could be in trouble and, and I guess Phillips m- would solve that problem yeah. Um there is that there is also the option that they can play together. Yeah. Plus, last week uh, when 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 Jim was here, I think that we discussed a lot about this this double pivot that uh, Man City like started using in some games of last season. So I guess that Phillips put fit perfectly on that kind of idea. Um, then there's like the starting point that of course there's I think there's no holding midfielder in the world that could start ahead of Rosary at Man City right now. So, I mean, that's the thing that we have to acknowledge. But, yeah, I think that um, Phillips can act in this double pivot. Um, he can play, like, more forward. I don't see Rodri going forward to, uh, to advance his position because I think that Rodri now is in a position that he really know how to read the game, how to uh, put himself in place on the, on the defensive transitions, and that is hard to learn under Pep. So I think that he's got that now, and he won. And he is not a player to play as a as a number eight or as a number ten. Um, but yeah, I think that Phillips gives like plenty of options there. I don't see him either as a centre back because I think that City has enough, has enough options just to go and try again with a converted midfielder as a centre back. We've had enough of this, I think. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I think that he adds a lot of flexibility. And yeah, just as you were saying, um, for what I know, Rodri ended up last season quite tired, like in terms of like um, from the muscle point of view, he was one of the players that needed the rest, like with the most, one of the most needed guys. Um, and yeah, um, Phillips will avoid those kind of problems now. So yeah, I think it's a, it's a player that can fit and can fill a lot of gaps for for City's squad right now. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you mentioned like Rodri not maybe uh, pushing as far forward, Paul. How how else will we see him smacking goals in from the edge of the box? It it, it, <laughs> it surprised me when I when I watched kind of like the review of the season. Um, yeah. Just how many times Rodri got on the end of something at the end of the box and just smashed it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's part. I, I think that's part of how good he reads the game, like on the defensive terms, because he knows when he can push a bit up. He knows 
he 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 knows now um yeah just just how to play under like the positional style that Pep wants and that allows him just to go on the edge of of the box at some point of the game and just track his luck which we have seen that he has quite a good talent doing that yeah um you mentioned uh, Kukureya Sam uh, Paul is there any any uh, more movement on that are we expecting any any movement on that soon yeah um I'm expecting something this week it's one of the things that I have on my list to be on top of uh, this week, um, as far as I know, there's not a new breakthrough so far. Uh, the big interest is, is like are still there, and all the parts, including like the players' camp and City, are pushing in that process just to um, pull out the signing, like every signing requires. And I'd say that probably we should expect an ending, like it happened with Philip Zancarel Jesus, agreement with one player coming in and agreement with one player coming out. In this case, probably the normal thing or the planned thing probably would be that Zinchenko is the guy coming out because that would um, give a gap to Kukurello to fill in. Um, but yeah, I think I, I think this week and the next one are going to be key, key for Kukurella to, to, to see if he still is happening or not, which I think it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, Sam, if, if City get this one over the line and, and, and it's done and dusted, and that's Harlan Phillips and Kukurea in this summer, Alvarez to join as well. Um, is that it, do you think? Yeah, yeah, it seems so. Um, you, you know, City are generally pretty... We say setting set in their ways, it sounds quite negative, but they normally go into the window knowing exactly what they what they want. Um, they, you know, they don't generally adapt too much if they don't get their target... Um, you know they don't normally come up with ideas halfway through the window. I'm I'm trying to run through my mind now of examples. Obviously last year, um, when they didn't get Kane, they they thought about the Ronaldo thing briefly when that was offered as kind of a desperation thing. I think 2020 when they signed Diaz, that was more of a this summer we're going to get somebody because obviously 2019 they wanted Maguire, didn't happen. They didn't go and get anybody else. Didn't slash couldn't. Um, but then the year after, they were like, "Okay, if we don't get Koulibaly, we are going to end up with somebody." So that's what they did. But that, you know, that was when they decided they were desperate to get a certain position. It wasn't halfway through the summer going, "Oh shit, we need this." Um, so no, um, I know obviously people are thinking Jesus and Sterling to go out, but we talked about this before. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think there's any any winger on the agenda. I don't think it's something that they've thought about. I'm, I don't. Th- think they would be this is guessing now i don't think they would be desperate enough at some point in the summer where they suddenly go oh shit you know guessing in the sense of i'm trying to anticipate what might happen like maybe if Mares gets injured or something in pre-season they can't play for a year maybe then they're like oh god we need to do something but you know the way city work as well you know it's the classic guardiola press conference thing isn't it it's like we'll we'll we're happy with, with the players we've got. Even, even you know, we'll stay as we are. Normally, that's the the answer in December, January, isn't it? When when fans are like, oh, we should get this, we should get that, and he's like, no, we're going to stay as we are. So, yeah. Long long story short, I don't think so. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10 
$10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Paul, you suggested um, Zinchenko out for Kukurea to come in. Uh, Sam suggested, obviously, Sterling may still leave towards Chelsea. We don't know what's going to happen there. Um, I, so. I, meant, I meant to ask last week uh, when you mentioned it, and I completely forgot, and a few people picked me up on it on Twitter. Uh, why does City need to sell before they buy? Um we spent so long last summer talking about the funds being available for Kane and, you know, if they wanted to do it, they had that, that the money was there. Um, we always talk about the squad feeling like it's too small as well, like, like it just needs more, like it's got a lot of quality in there, but there's yeah. sometimes there's not enough numbers in there. Um, so why, why does it need to be that they need to sell before they can buy? So basically that is because of numbers, because of money, because City doesn't have like unlimited funds. Um and at the end of the day, what Ferran Soriano wants and what Chiqui Begiristain wants is to close up the numbers and present like a balance that they can show that City is like a, a sustainable business. Um, they invested a lot of the funds that they have on, on Holland because it was like the number one uh, priority, top target. Of course, they wanted the number nine. They got it. Um, but just to complete like all the deals, they needed the help of um, cash coming in. I think that Gavin Bazunu has helped on that. Um, Gabriel Jesus ha- uh, will help on that. And all the outgoings will, have, w- will help to allow the club um, to make more signings. It's just basically, it's as simple as that. They needed to recover funds from, from Holland in- investment. Um, and I think that they are, they, they are doing pretty well. And there's something happening which is not very usual at City that the plans on the transfer window are kind of happening. So everything is going as City was expecting, yeah, <laughs> which is something that we, we we haven't seen for the past two or three years, for sure. Yeah. Um, Sam, the, the other question I want to, to kind of ask about all this as well is... Um, do we kind of have to accept that there's only really Premier League clubs who can who have the money that City want for their players, in the case of like Sterling and Jesus, for instance? Well, yeah, exactly. In the case of Sterling and Jesus, you've got teams in the UK, well, I was going to say the UK, but in the Premier League, who are trying to aspire to be City's level. Because, um, yeah, I guess the other the other clubs who would have the money for City players, I mean, even at the minute, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because like I said before, when they're playing well, City wouldn't sell them and they'd be worth loads of money. So how much Sterling would have been worth to City at the end of the 2018-19 season it would have been absolutely loads, you know, obviously before the COVID and the market depreciation and all of that. But yeah, so... The only overseas clubs that could really afford City players are probably 
I'm going to just say Real Madrid, actually. Yeah. Because I'm talking about the City players who are on form. So, but now nobody could afford De Bruyne. Yeah. Um, and, and at the moment, because of how the market is and stuff, like Barca or Shambles, um, there's obviously the Bernardo Silva thing, which Paul wrote brilliantly about at the weekend. Um, <laughs> like 80 million at least or whatever. But yeah, teams could afford that, but it doesn't seem to be... You know, there just doesn't seem to be a market and stuff. So yeah, it, it, yeah. When you get to this kind of mid-range player, you, you do see the Premier League clubs coming into it. But then thinking about it, the only players like this, like top big name players who have left City in the last few years, have all had a year left on their contract. Yeah, Sane yeah. and now these two. Yeah. So it it does go to show that wages wise, and also generally their performance dictate that. Yeah, it, it's just. It's just very difficult to, to get players out of City. And I know, God, we kind of feel like we need to dance around talking about money with with City because it's like if you if you make any kind of allusion to the fact that City spend a lot of money or pay a lot of money in wages, it feel it feels like you're gonna get thrown into the uh the blue moon thread again. Um and God knows it's nice to stay out of that. But at the end of at the end of the day, it's very difficult to buy players from City because of those reasons. And obviously then because they play so well. It's just impossible. Like, yeah. Like, De Bruyne plays so well. He's so good. Like, what what amount of money could get De Bruyne out? And the COVID situation around Europe means there's not so much money around anyway. So, yeah, yeah. difficult. Do you see movement on Sterling, Sam? Yeah. Um, I was speaking to somebody last week who reckons um, Jesus and Sterling are both done. Now, I'm, we're all very cautious of that word done in the transfer industry because it could mean anything. Um, but it certainly seems to be where that one's heading. Um, I think every. I think, the, as far as I know, the expectation is that Sterling is going to go. Uh, around, that's the expectation around City, but um, that's that's all I've got at the minute. Need to add some meat on the bones of that as the season, as the summer goes ahead. But um, yeah, and obviously now he's on he's on his holidays, had his break and stuff. But we've talked about the Sterling situation so much, and not wanting to sign a contract in January in case he wasn't playing. He's not been playing. Wants to go to a top club. We've just talked about how difficult it is for top clubs to afford City players. Chelsea are there, they're exciting prospects. It's it's as good a move as he could get, other than Liverpool. Um, I know people are saying he should run his contract down and have a pick of clubs, but what is this pick of clubs? If he had his pick of clubs now, there'd be more at the minute. And also, Chelsea are a really good option. So I don't blame him for taking that if it did come about. Yeah, I've just realised that the word done could uh, could mean either way in this context, where if he said uh, Sterling, Sterling's done, then he'd say he's finished. He's, he's, he's not entertaining the thought of this transfer anymore. <laughs> so uh, the word done uh, could actually could literally mean anything in this case. <laughs> uh, maybe, but no, that that's that's not. That, I can safely say that wasn't the context. That wasn't the context, point, but, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying there's an agreement with Chelsea. Um, I think you know it, it was the liberal use of done where it's yeah. like yeah that's that that's that's the expectation but that's why you've got to be careful with the old transfer uh, transfer window language yeah and Paul uh, Bernardo to Barcelona just it just isn't happening well yeah I think the the feeling on the article was like I was saying it was off I mean what can I say right now is that there is no offer from Barcelona because they cannot make it and they just can't right now and they just won't uh, today tomorrow or the or the next day. I'm not saying that something Matt can end up going, but I still think it won't happen. I think it won't happen. Just as I said last week that my feeling that was that Bernard was staying and it is still my feeling for from what I get 
from from people at City. Um, is, I, is he okay I, with that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Well, I think that we saw last season that that he was quite okay with that. Um, he will wait until the very end of the transfer window to see what happened. I mean, what what we get from him is that he is quite relaxed. He's calm. He knows what happened, as I was saying last summer, and he realizes that if something has to happen, it it will be on other people's hands. So. Now I guess that he will be enjoying his holidays and he will report back on July 11, as all the players are expected to. So, yeah, he's quite calm. I mean, I think that he saw last season that um, things ended up uh, panning out quite well for him. So he's going to give it some patience from what we get from his camp um, and just let's see how the summer ends. Yeah, um, I just wanted to to pick out a detail from that piece as well, Paul, because uh, I was interested that City tested the waters with a, yeah. a contract extension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I mean City was seeing like everyone else, like you and me were seeing that. Well, how how Bernardo Silva was playing? I mean, his best game. Um, he looked so happy, which is a which was back then like an unlikely thing. Um, analyzing how things went like on summer. So basically what City did was like spoke to his people to check out and test the waters and see if they could make something to re- to reflect this happiness. Um, feedback, of course, was great. And, and everyone was saying like um, how, ha- how happy Bernardo was, like football, footballing-wise, but also like enjoying life. Um, and at, on this moment, which was like January, something like that, that, that there was like a feeling among the players um, that... City style was perfect for him, for for Cancelo, just to shine, just to um, yeah, just show the best of those kind of players, and that 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 there wasn't any club in the world that could provide that. But at the end, all the parts decided that the best thing to keep that Bernardo's good mood was to stay as they were, same contract, same conditions they have, and just keep enjoying his football. And, and yeah, just um, let's see what the industry brings for them. Yeah, it runs until 2025 as well, so there's no uh, no yeah. immediate rush to uh, to get him yeah. signed up to an extension. Exactly, there's no rush, and from his point of view, exactly. there's no point in there's no point in extending it. But the good thing is, with three years left, I was thinking if there was two, you'd probably be looking at a scenario where next summer you'd be like, he's probably going to go because you can't go for two, you can't go two three summers of wanting to go and not be able to, and then at, like have a contract running down. Like, because all of a sudden, if you if you had a year left at the end of next season. You'd think finally Barca would be like, okay, well, here's like 50 million euros or whatever, and they'd be able to make it happen. But with three three years left, it's kind of it's good for City fans that there is still like a lot of security there in terms of the contract situation. Because basically, yeah. if it wasn't, I think it'd be more likely that it'd leave next summer. But without that, you've still got teams who want to be able to afford it. Yeah. Um, right, we're going to finish with uh, a little game based on the okay. uh, the athletic article this week about picking a five aside <laughs> team. Um, first off, we're, we're, get, we're going to have a little draft competition between the three of us to pick a five aside team from City Squad. Um, so, first off, we have to lay down the five aside centre rules so we know which players are, are, are the best to pick because you're not going to get someone who's good in the air if you're not allowed the ball overhead height, which you're not. Um, slide tackles also not allowed. Uh, each team must have a goalkeeper; they can't come out of the area. Um, I'm going to add a little one here that. Um, Distribution is underarm throws, please. No, uh, no kicking the ball. Um, okay. And uh, outfield players not allowed in the As a goalkeeper uh, who regularly launches it down the other end of the six-a-side pitch, because I'm not great with my feet, mate. You've seen me play uh, with my okay. feet. Yeah, well, we're not picking you, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
<laughs> Outfield players not allowed in the area, uh, but they can score from anywhere that is not the area. So, um, yeah, we, we'll, we're going to pick in... Uh, basically, I've decided the fairest way to do this is uh, to stick in alphabetical order of surnames so nobody can accuse me of favouritism. Uh, so we'll go for Paul, then Sam, then me. Uh, you can pick whatever position you like. You've got to have a goalkeeper. Uh, Paul, your first right, pick. Okay. Who are you cool. There we go. Uh, I'm probably going to have, like, some... Some tough calls, um, or just some, yeah, just hot takes. Um, but I'm gonna have Ederson on goal, of course, because you have to take. Oh, hold him. on, hold on, hold on. Are you doing? Are we doing one player uh, at a time? It's one player at a time, mate. Yeah, ah, you okay, can't. Okay, uh, okay, okay, you, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So then, my fault, my fault. Um, I'm gonna start with then Bernardo Silva. Bernardo Silva for me. Oh, I thought he. I was thinking Bernardo was my first pick. You know. But there you go. Um, ah. Uh, this is really on the spot and for the sake of <laughs> not letting this podcast go on for ages this is mad because when I so I had this conversation with Nadam last week when I had to pick it so I was yeah. like what you, I've, I've picked this team what do you reckon and De Bruyne wasn't in it and then after speaking to him he was kind of like well who's stopping De Bruyne so I'm going from not picking him and thinking about small spaces and you know technically gifted and running a lot and all those little things I'm just going to go with De Bruyne right okay so that that takes De Bruyne and Bernardo off the table for me um a good five-a-side team needs a good goal scorer, so so uh, Harlan's going in there, mate. There you yeah, go. Fine. Okay, so, uh, over then, to you, Paul. Yeah, I'm going to Phil Foden now. Ah, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, then I'm going to Foden, and then all the rest for you. <laughs> good luck, yeah. Sam. Um, yeah, good luck. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that was my that was my first choice midfield. You know what? As well, um, when I put my team on Twitter last week, loads and loads of shouts for two players I hadn't really considered. Um, but you know, what, actually. No, I'm going to do it. This is ridiculous because these are two guys I didn't put in my first draft, but here we are. De Bruyne, first pick, and Mares, second. Okay. okay. The more people talked about Mares, the more I thought, yeah, okay. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. Now, I, the, the problem is, is you've got creative players and I've just got an out-and-out goal scorer so far, um, but you haven't picked anybody defensively. So since you're taking the, the creative players off the table, uh, I'm going to go straight in there and uh, go for... You see, I, my my gut instinct was to say Ruben Diaz because he dives in and blocks things and you know just gets in the way of, of stuff all the time. But this is a five a side game, um, yeah. and you want a little bit. You want you don't want a defender who just defends, do you? You want somebody who can who can stick a foot in and can and can play it a little bit. So I'm going to go for Cancelo. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, Cancelo um, was the other one who got a load of a load of mentions that I hadn't even really thought of. Yeah, yeah. Pro- but probably he's not the guy. You cannot use him like as a defender because you cannot put Cancelo like as the guy who holds the whole defense. And and probably if you want to put like some attacking midfielder in there, um, there's just no room for everyone. So that's that's why I didn't choose him. But yeah, I was considering him. Um, now I'm gonna do like what what just David did. Basically, just look for a guy who can stand in behind and just cut passes and read the lines and stuff. But I'm not going to go for a centre back. I'm going to go for Rodri. We're so. basically picking the same team. Rodri was my defender. <laughs> Sorry, did man. you see this? Oh, no, I wasn't going to pick him next. But when yeah. I put my team on Twitter last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, yeah. I saw that. Rodri, Rodri was my centre back. Um, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm going to do. That's, that's interesting. Okay. Well, I'm I'm still not going to pick defenders and goalkeepers. I'm going to shore up the team with another small spaces guy, and I think perfect. For De Bruyne, I'm going to go with Gundogan. Yeah, in yeah. midfield with him. But you might. I have my eye on Gundogan for my next pick. To be honest with you, so um, 
I, I, what I'm a little bit worried about is that my team doesn't have anybody really control in the middle. Um, and the think the best option I've got left for that is is possibly Grealish. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Jack Grealish. Well, well, <laughs> now I'm at this point that I don't know if I have to choose a good like Ederson on the goal or a striker in there. Mm. Kind of because there are not many strikers in there too. But yeah, just I'm gonna go for Julian Alvarez. Just give it a go. Whoa. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Wild, wild card pick. Foden and Bernardo. And yeah, yeah just yeah. try Julian Alvarez in there. Yeah, that's good. So I'm going to need a defender now. And what, Rodri's gone? Rodri's gone. Um, a lot of people are saying Walker because of the pace. Um, well, you don't can... need that pace. You don't need pace by the side. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, no, the, the distance isn't there, is it? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's just a decision between Stones and Laporte. And I think... I think I'm going with Laporte because his Ooh. weaker foot's better. Is the weaker foot stronger? Okay. I, uh, I, I it's, felt it's like I'd gone the other way then. It's for, yeah, it's very close between them. I, I, I just, I just, I like Laporte. I thought he had a really good season last year. Um, yeah, and I, I'm to be honest, considering that's like probably like the tenth pick or something, I'm, I'm quite happy with with Laporte as the as my centre back. Yeah, I'm 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 going to I'm left with not a huge number of options. So um I I'm going to take Edison at this point. Oh. Yeah, but the thing is you said they can't kick, so what's the point? Well, I mean, he's still like I, I, out of the three yeah. out of the three keepers, he's still I think the best shot stopper of the three and I think um yeah, like but he's, not, he's, not to the extent where don't you still need like a defender or something? No, I've got Cancelo. You got, got Cancelo. Well, I mean, I can't see him put his his right leg behind his left leg and try and <laughs> long barrier somebody one more time. So that's the reason I didn't have him as my last time. <laughs> defense, but, but fine. Yeah, cool. Then then I'm gonna go with Jack Stephen as long as he's on this club. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna stick with Jack Stephen right now. <laughs> yeah. And that leaves you, Sam. Uh, you have to take Scott Carson. The um, gold. Because you well, need I could take people. a kid. He could. The thing is, I is Scott Carson still going to be fine for five aside? Surely. Was it was it Edison he, recently who said that uh, Scott Carson always wins the five asides in training? Well, there you go then. Scott Carson it is. It was either him or, or Kieran Slicker. Um, who I think might go on loan this summer. A bit of bonus information that will break the city transfer a wheel for you <laughs> um yeah carson then i'm yeah. fine with that um with I've very, got everyone now yeah you've got you've got five players now so a... with with everybody uh with with everybody that's left um who's left i think it's it's the options i've got a walker zinchenko there's a lot um, of good players left yeah, yeah. this would be um, these five yeah, would be stones. a good five stones ake uh sterling don't think there's a midfielder left. Paul Sterling, Palmer. Palmer, yeah. Um, with Haaland in there, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick Zinchenko in again, um, and so I'll have um, Kinsella and Zinchenko playing behind Grealish, uh, playing behind Haaland. Your team's okay. horrible, mate. I know. <laughs> I went third. <laughs> yeah, true. I can't see I the balance think it, in there. I, yeah, I, I didn't think, think it balance. was possible to pick a bad five, but I think you might have managed. It. <laughs> So, uh, Sam, you've got uh, Carson uh, playing uh, behind Laporte with uh, De Bruyne and Gundogan and Mares ahead of that. And, um, Paul, you've got Stefan, uh, Bernardo, Foden, Rodri and Alvarez in your side. Um, 
yeah, I think mine's the worst of the three. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing, so so the whole reason we're doing this, I guess, is because obviously on the Athletic last week we had the the five-a-side kind of tournament, and I was just asked to pick five, and I th- like. So I, I sent it to Nader because I was like, what do you reckon to this? Because obviously he plays five-a-side more than I do now and all the little things that you need and obviously different perspective on the City players and whatever. And mine was what, Edison, Rodri at the back. Initially it was Foden and Bernardo, but I'll put De Bruyne in instead of Foden and then Haaland up front. And and people are like, oh, you don't really need Haaland. I was like, just behave yourself basically. Like, of course. Like, you, you just you, I just want to see Haaland there. But basically the upshot was even if you were to pick like the last choice five, which maybe not Mooney's team, but <laughs> but if you were to pick like Ake, Zinchenko, Gundogan, or whatever, they they're going to be so tasty in like small spaces and stuff. And the yeah. like, Ron, it'd be like one big Rondo. As long as you've got somebody, like I would put Sterling as like, maybe in that kind of not last five, but it, but not you know he didn't get picked in hours, did he? So and that would still be an unbelievable team. So we, yeah. I was basically thinking, well, the competition here is actually which is the best city team. So little did I know that there was actually going to be some kind of competition. I still don't know actually how they did it if they simmed it online or something. But I was coming back on Thursday, coming back up to Manchester in the car. I was a passenger. You'll be you'll be glad to hear. Scrolling through Twitter and I saw the graphics. So obviously, you know, the, the picture on Twitter catches your eye first, and it was a Newcastle team. I don't know who was it, but it was like Debravka in goal, Dan Byrne. It was Saint Maximin, somebody else in midfield. Bruno Guimaraes. Bruno, okay, fine. Um, and Callum Wilson up front. And I was like, well, okay, that's a shit team, but fine. And then I read the tweet and they won the whole fucking tournament. And like, <laughs> genu- genuinely, my head is still not reattached. I don't know how it was settled. I don't know if it was voted for. And maybe we got loads, like, loads of Newcastle subscribers. Yeah. And that sways the vote. But we haven't got more than we've got Liverpool or United subscribers. And also, they beat Palace in the final. And I've not seen the Palace team, but my mate DM'd me while I was tweeting about this. And like the Palace goalkeeper, I'm gonna let me try and find it quickly. Yeah. yeah. It, I didn't even know it. it. I didn't even if you know got thir- if you got thirty seconds, well, I yeah. found it already now, but you've got ten seconds before I tell you the name of this Palace goalkeeper who was in the runner up in this tournament. Yeah. His name is Joe Whitworth. No. Yeah, yeah. Who who that's I a football mean, manager regen, isn't it? Born in two thousand and four, and I mean, <laughs> he's a football manager no, regen. Jesus, and this is and this is no, this is obviously no disrespect to him. It's disrespect to whatever fucking system we used <laughs> to decide who the finalists were going to be. Yeah, but, I mean, there's just no, there's just no way that Sam, we I, have all played. There's no way in, that my city team is is worse than the nose. Like, we have all played in five side games where we have absolutely battered the opposition and just not scored. Um, yeah. yeah, but I, I don't know how I don't know how it worked, and I mean I get loads of people saying, "Oh, agenda! Oh, it's for Liverpool fans, it's for United fans." I'm cancelling my subscription or whatever. But I mean, if you want to cancel your subscription, then crack on because, I mean, I don't know, I, I don't know how Newcastle have ended up winning that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and then there, there was there was a message in our work WhatsApp group, which has got like 150 people in it the next day, saying like, "Oh, congratulations to Newcastle or whatever." It's like a bit of a jokey thing, and I just posted that Mourinho. If I speak, I'm in big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Can you, get them, could, could you get them to sim our teams and see who wins uh, a three-way tournament between us? <laughs> uh, I, mean, I, I, should, I should really look into it if I'm so annoyed by it because it, it's, it's, it's that thing of you're complaining about an article without reading it. So maybe there's, maybe there's a very good reason and, and maybe the algorithm, algorithm automatically discounts all the best teams. That must be how it's done. I don't know, maybe it was like 
maybe they split it into two and that was like the championship competition or something because genuinely i don't know what's happened there but i'm just i'm just thinking he, i think even chance. even your even your team even your team Mooney, would would win that yeah i was just thinking oh. i might have a chance <laughs> <laughs> yeah right well uh we'll we'll try and work out who the winner of that is for uh, for next week but for now that's the end of this week's wire whistles uh thank you to sam lee yeah thank you very much and to paul bias yeah thanks a lot david don't forget, you can sign up to The Athletic right now for £1 a month for six months. Just use the code MANCITYPOD. The Athletic.